Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, everybody. It is Monday morning, I think. God, uh, August 29th at 7.34 Mountain Time, 6.34 a.m. where I'm at. Was it 9.34 where Scott is? Either way, it's time for Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, for these morning shows, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. Scott Kennedy. Scott, how you doing? I'm doing well. Um, it's a it's a Monday morning after a great weekend of football, sports mm-hmm. in general. So uh, you know, especially for you with uh, yeah. with the, the the Braves choking away a couple of games to the yes. Cardinals <laughs> that they had them beat. You probably enjoyed that. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, ready to get into this. I know it's a it's a a nerve wracking time for players and personnel and you know administrative staff right now with the cut down days coming down from eighty to fifty three. Hundred percent tomorrow but i like to think that when you're able to stash 16 guys on the practice squad it's not 27 guys getting you know losing their jobs and not being able to be broncos anymore really it's closer to 10 which isn't quite as bad but still not a not a happy time for a lot of folks uh you know at dove valley right now yeah nope it's uh I feel bad. This is going to be me being a bottom line kind of person. Um, I feel bad, obviously, for the guys getting cut. But the fact that we're getting down to 53 means we're so close, man. We're so close to real football. I can almost taste it. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I feel bad for those guys, obviously. But it also makes me somewhat excited and curious. Because then once you have the 53-man roster, it's not the who makes the roster anymore. It's where do all the pieces fit together of this 53-piece puzzle. So uh, really excited to see how it all comes together. And then the practice squad as well. So it's, I mean, a lot of things are going to be happening here pretty quickly here in not just Broncos country, but across the NFL landscape. Uh, Kevin Gray coming in saying morning Broncos country. Nick and Scott Saturday game made me feel better about the D. They still have some work. Let's ride. Yeah, I thought the defensive, the run defense specifically looked better. However, if I think there's any game that is probably the least telling as far as what a team is going to be this season or in the regular season, it's the final preseason game. It used to be that you know you would see almost nobody out there. Um, teams are, I feel like players are, and coaches are still trying to figure out how to work in the three preseason games. Uh, it doesn't really feel like there's like a when there was four, there was like almost like an agreed upon like who's playing how, what amount, and now it's kind of just like I don't know, we're playing everybody or we're playing nobody. <laughs> um, so and it probably will change again because they're going to whittle down to two preseason games at some point, I would imagine. Uh, but how did you feel about the defense overall, and uh, how much should we? I guess, weigh uh, this performance against the Vikings. I, if anything, you had to appreciate the effort a lot more. Yeah. You know, there was a, there was a concerted effort to get after it. My, my concern at the beginning was not necessarily alleviated. Um, McTelvin Ajim had a good game on paper, but he still isn't strong enough at the point of the attack for, to play the run. Um, he's like, mm-hmm. he's basically the defensive version of Albert Okawebenam. You know, it, I can use him in past situations because when he was good, 
was when he was attacking the pass, the, 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 the offensive backfield in pass rush, but he was not good at the point of attack. Well, that's okay. That I can deal with that. With his size and strength, I'm disappointed. Again, mm. just switch the names, and I can say these exact same things that we've been saying about Albert Oguavenom. With mm. his size and agility and all of these things, he should be better than he is against the run. But if he's going to be a plus against the pass, I can find a spot for this guy. If, he, if he's going to be mm. a finesse player, and I can put him in an end, and he's going to get in the offensive backfield on third and long. Oh, I can find a spot for a guy like that on a 3-4. You bet your butt I can. Yeah. I just wish he was a little bit more stout against the run. But again, if he's going to be serviceable in that, in the rotation, okay, well, now I know when I need to rotate. I need to rotate him in. Because the one thing I noticed, Nick, that fourth down where they, they thought they stopped him but didn't, uh, Uzarike stood up and stood up in a big way against the mm-hmm. run. That was a definite plus. But you know who wasn't on the field? McTelvin Ajim. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. He wasn't on the field. I don't think that was by coincidence. So yeah. some very good, some 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 very good things in there. I, I wasn't ready to just ship him out like I was last week. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and he <clears throat> disruptive player. I think uh, Nathaniel Hackett described him as being everywhere on the field, which you want for a. It's a great compliment for a defensive lineman. Just for me in general, this Broncos team, I feel like they don't have enough power players on that defensive line. Some, right. Not enough bulls. It's just a bunch of, you know, gazelles, interior defensive line, which is good uh, when you're playing, you know, Big 12, Pac-12-esque uh, offenses in the AFC West. But uh, again, I said it over on the Falcons channel just a bit ago. You got to eat your veggies to get to dessert. And the veggies being holding up against the run on the first and second down to get those plus opportunities on third down. Um, but yeah, McTelvin regime. Great game. Maybe one of the best players on the field in this game. So I need serviceable out of my second team defensive line, right? Yeah. So if I got, if I feel that Mike Purcell, some combination of Purcell and DJ Jones and Deshaun Williams, I got, there's four. Draymond, you know, and Draymond and Draymond Jones. There's four though. Yeah. There's four. I feel pretty good about now. I know how to say his name and I'm tripping on it. It Look good enough for sure, yep. especially as a fourth round pick rookie. He he took some strides. Now Ajim took some strides as well. Henningsen does some good things too. Now I'm starting to feel a little bit better about this that depth and where I can place them out because I don't feel terrible about having Uzurike in the middle of a defensive line. That's where he, he should be. He should be a tackle. If you want to go two down with you know two edge guys, yeah. or you need a big package, he's a big dude. He, he he is he's he can and he was holding his own at the point of attack. I can put him in the middle of a three four and flank him with Ajim uh, and and whoever you want to you know after that or you know if I want to try and get get real big and I'm I'm running uh, those guys across the middle. You got Purcell and I got a Wizarike also. So again, I I feel better if nothing else. I feel better about the effort because mm-hmm. we know Ajim's got the talent. Uh, and, and, and as harsh as we were on him, he had some very good flash plays, but he wasn't eating his veggies in the middle of that defense. No. That, that's okay. You need him. You need that rotation. He's not going to be a starter the way he's playing now, but he can certainly still be an impact player, which is, that's a very good thing. Yeah. And uh, just sticking on the defensive line here real quick, but first. Mark Schrader coming in. Mark, I appreciate the kind words. Mark, before I left for my trip, he said, Mark uh, said to me, I live vicariously through your pictures, Nick. I'm like, I'm off to a trip right now. I'm like at the trailhead or coming off the trailhead, driving to the other spot. And he says, be safe. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate that because it can be a little bit hairy out there uh, sometimes. It was cold, uh, but it was a good time. Um, but yes, um, thank you so much, Mark. Continue on the defensive line discussion here. It's coming down to a math issue for me. Um, if Ajim is on the team, somebody might be out. And we've been talking about, you know, the four guys that feel pretty safe, maybe even five, considering Awuzurike is a fourth round pick. They probably want to protect him. Is Does this Ajim stand out here, especially with his pass rush ability and the batting balls ability, uh, make it more of a question with Matt Henningsen uh, coming? I mean, six round, six round pick. Maybe you can sneak him on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you are you taken away elsewhere on the roster uh, to keep both those guys on here well right now on the on the depth chart you've got eight guys listed for three you know for three spots i think you're going to want to have seven you know you might have to try and sneak somebody onto the practice squad but you you know having seven defensive linemen isn't too many by any stretch of the imagination 
um, that I, I think Jonathan Harris is in trouble. You know, oh, yeah. I haven't seen enough out of him that that he's he he would be a roster spot. So you got to cut there, and you've got seven. I feel like I could I could find seven on a fifty three, Nick, and. Uh-huh. I, I and then you know maybe do you sneak him down? Um, McTelvin Ajim will make if you were to waive him if you were not to keep him that's going to make headlines. You know, mm-hmm. oh former second round pick. I'm writing it right now. You yeah. know, the former third second round. round pick, third round pick, former third round pick cut. Um, you know, same thing in Atlanta. We talked about Marlon Davis and very similar career path to to, to Melvin Ajim. Former second round pick cut. Those are headlines. Yeah. Those get people's attention. Henningsen not making the 53. Does that get anybody's attention? I mean, does for me because Big Ten country, but uh, right. you know what I mean. So, but are you, are you, are you, do you want to risk it? You know, do you, do you want to risk it? Yeah. Keep, is keeping it, seven is guys is consistent enough yeah. that you want to risk losing Henningsen? Yeah. And or everyone drinks. Seven. I'm telling you, yeah. I find seven. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The big question for me on seven. Three. Sorry. Uh, the big question for me on seven, and everyone take a drink because it's always this circles back to Nick on this one. He says, What about this? Uh, special teams, seven mm-hmm. defensive linemen, those guys you aren't being gunners or you know, running on the special teams unit very often. Um, so then you're probably taking away a wide receiver, a cornerback, a linebacker, right. a tight end who it is a special teams contributor. So that's the one for me where it's like, uh, I, I think you maybe maybe try to sneak Henningsen on the defensive uh, on the practice squad. If that's the way it goes here, uh, but we'll see. And I come back to a point that I've made a hundred times. I would just feel so much better about this offensive lineman, uh, the, the, excuse me, the defensive line. If you just had one more plus player on that unit, you know, knock everybody down one have DJ Jones, uh, Draymond Jones, and then one more guy, you know, even like an right. Ashawn Robinson bull type who can play inside and outside. Like if it was was a, looked like already a solid starter. He'd be the guy that the type, mm-hmm. the uh, the style, the type that I think this defensive line needs to round out. But right now, Mike Purcell question mark. Didn't look that well last year. We haven't seen him in preseason look good in the joint practice YouTube video that the Cowboys put out that I saw, but how much <laughs> am I putting on that? Deshaun Williams. I think he's a really, and Deshaun Williams is like who you want McTelvin regime to be uh, that kind of player. Um, so we'll see. still question marks. Well, you the know what the, the phrase are, Nick, the phrase for guys with all the talent in the world that it never comes out for. You've heard me say it before. It's not a new phrase. Those are the coach killers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the guy that's going to get McTelvin Ajim to play like this every week. Yep. I'm going to get him to, to get to be consistent. I'm going to get the I'm going to tap into all that size, strength and potential. He's in his third year, man. You know, yep. and he hasn't played a ton for a reason because he hasn't been, cons- you know, the, the, he hasn't shown the consistency yet. At what point do you say? enough you know i can't ri- i can't risk a matt henningson who is out there kicking butt every single thing you know program we, in, in college we call them program guys mm-hmm. you know they're they're not the ones that have all the size and the strength but they're the ones in the fourth quarter and in the dog days of, of camp and two days are the ones that are pushing your team to make them better yep for your last defensive lineman you're making a choice i'll take a program guy over an upside guy 
and it'd be four years of control versus two years of control. That mm-hmm. does add up sometimes. Jacob Foster coming in, the silent one, over on Facebook. Thank you so much, Jacob. It's good to see you. Happy Monday to you. God, I think it's Monday. My my days are all mixed up. Uh, we got Shiloh also coming in with a $1, holding his pupper there. Uh, very cute picture. Good to see you, Shiloh. Thank you so much for the support. Also want to say hello to Dave Glassman's in the house. Good morning to you, Dave, with the heart. Bama X, good morning. And happy Monday, Broncos country. There we go. It is Monday. Um, CC in the house. Morning all. Hope you all doing great. My knees are barking, but I'm feeling good. Dave Glassman in the house. Good to see you. Jeremy Bales, good morning. Broncos, Mile High Huddle Lady saying good morning, fam. Two weeks until real football. God, it is two weeks. I cannot wait. It's got to be a Thursday night game, right? Who's kicking us off on a Thursday? It's probably the... The Rams, right? It's the typically Super Bowl champion. Bills and Rams, Thursday, eight twenty, NBC. Probably that's, what should have been the Super that's Bowl. A, that's a pretty tasty little. So you know, if for for most of y'all who are playing fantasy football, you know, we're only today's almost over anyway. Once you get through Broncos for breakfast, the rest of the day is like done. So Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, it's only nine days. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna round down. It's like nine days until football. Uh, today's going to be a long day of work, so I'm, I'm going to count it two weeks. Uh, Bick Mitchum coming in here saying good morning, Mile High Huddle. Good morning to you, Bick. Hope you're doing well. Falling Sloth, Howdy Broncos Country. I like how it's lowercase, uppercase, lowercase uh, going on there with Howdy Broncos Country. got to emphasize the Broncos. Mike Givens saying good morning, Nick and Scott. Glad to see KJ playing. Absolutely. We'll get into that here in a bit. Chase Wellner, morning, fellas. Are you confident we upgraded the DL depth? I know these players got cut by other teams for a reason. I think that it's very possible. The Broncos are going to be shopping on the clearance rack for interior defensive line. I think that, you know, we're talking about McTelvin and Jim. We're talking about Matt Henningsen. If there's somebody out there that they think is a surefire upgrade on those guys, I think they're going to be heading to the checkout line uh, with one of those defensive linemen. And, you know, all this Henningsen regime talk will be for not. Um, but are they comp? Are you confident the Broncos upgraded the DL depth? You're just relying on a lot of unknowns. So from last season to this season, I think it's probably about a push. You know, D- Draymond should be a little bit better. Um, DJ Jones, Shelby Harris. I think DJ Jones is an upgrade, but not as big as a lot of people expect. Um, I think, you know, you went from a C plus to a B. Um, so it's, it's that's just, that looks a lot better on the report card at the end of the day. Um, but uh, definitely still have uh, questions on the defensive line. I think the biggest thing for the Broncos defensive line is what's around them. Hopefully the linebackers with Jewel and Griffith uh, and uh, the edge rushers especially are better this season and that'll help the defensive line look better. That was one of the points I had about Shelby Harris last year. It's like, who's next to him? Yeah. You know, Draymond I mean, when, if, if I'm, if I'm in a three, four and I can, I can take two, if I can handle your nose guard with one guy and I can use my guard and my tackle to double team your ends, you know, yeah. and you're not rushing. <laughs> we know that you're not rushing any, anybody. And, and, uh, and with Vaughn and Bradley Chubb out for a good bit of the season for one reason or another, can handle your edge with a with a blocking running back um so shelby harris was you know he was he was good last year and he was the 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 front three was undermanned they they didn't have enough help uh from the guys beside them yep defense relies on everybody doing their job not to take a page out of the bill belichick book but um We'll see. And uh, you got a lot of young guys. Maybe this year, as the year goes on, Obuzurike really starts to step up. And uh, Tabitha coming in over on Facebook with a support. Thank you so much, Tabitha. Good morning to you. We appreciate you keeping the lights on here as the season progresses. And we got uh, Mandingo Dan coming in saying, uh, George Payton did not draft McTelvin Ajim unless the coaches are pounding the table for him. He's toast. He had, uh, I think Nathaniel Hackett really praised him uh, in the post game talking about Ajim. And yeah, uh, but that's, that could be like the, the pub. What do they call it? The, the, you know, when they, they come, they come out, it's the kiss of death when the owner mm-hmm. comes out and the vote of confidence. That's what mm-hmm. they call it. The, the public vote of confidence could be the kiss of death also. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jim had a good game and he can get after the passer. There's definitely a niche role for him. It's just, he seems he's third in the pecking order of that style of defensive lineman to me. When you have Draymond Jones, who is, vastly underrated maybe maybe one of your best defensive players honest to god um deshaun williams who's obviously ahead of Ajim, and then Ajim. so it's uh you have some question it depends on how many of that type of uh you know questionable run defense single gapping uh i don't want to put the f label on them but finesse uh more finesse style uh defensive lineman i'd be much more interested in him as an end in a four three yeah you know where he's taking on one blocker most of the time and not being 
again, instead a three, four with your two edges, your edge guys are supposed to be the ones that are getting the penetration going after the quarterback and getting the sacks. That's the glory position. Three, four lineman is a SOB position. It's a lunch pail position um, where whatever you get out of them is just, you know, bonus as long as they're holding their point of attack. Well, he's not holding his point of attack. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a traditional four, three end, it's not as, you know, it's not as nitty gritty. It's, it is more of a finesse position. I mean, it's, it's not as physical. You're out wider, you know, you're, yeah. you're out a little bit wider and you're not taking on two guys every time. And Antonio Jones saying is definitely keeping a regime. Yeah. I mean, and, so, and that's why I love the, you know, it's, it, it's, there's questions, you know, that's why I posted this one right after Mandango. He's toast. I'd keep him. It's, it's a tough one. Yeah. I think part of the, his issue is that uh, Arkansas played him in a three, three, five, where he was more of that. end. he does obviously doesn't have the body type, the explosiveness of the Twitch to be like a true, like pass rushing uh four, three end. Um, but he's got that other, I don't want to put another label on him, but T tweener. Um, he's a bit of a tweener out there. And I think Arkansas not putting him on the inside where he had to hand fight, learn how to take on doubles and battle leverage a lot more probably was a big disservice to him as far as his long-term development, uh, not to steer this to my Iowa Hawkeyes, but they have a, a redshirt sophomore this year who, whose nickname is Hercules and he's six, five, 270 pounds. And they played him at interior defensive line last year and he had six and a half sacks and he had to learn how to play with leverage despite being that guy. And he figured it out, uh, out there. And now he's going to play edge this season. So, um, winning that leverage battle, knowing how you have to hold up against those blocks, just, has not been Ajim's strength. He's been put on skates far too often in his career and in preseason. So we'll see. He had a good game against the Vikings, um, but still definitely a bubble guy. Hello to some more people in here. Not a bubble guy. Mike Gibbons saying good morning, Nick and Scott. Glad to see KJ playing 100%. Brandon Figueroa coming in saying Nick Benito looked good. We got Greg Smith. One day we're just going to get one of just emojis. I'm, I'm ready for it. Good morning, uh, Broncos you just for breakfast. called your shot. I, I'm so excited for it. Let's go. Um, let me get egg. Croissant, bacon, pancakes. Oh, pancakes sound good. Waffled, milk, coffee. Scott, pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Yeah, my guy. Good for you. I think it's I I think it's easier to to have more fun with pancakes. Like I make mm. strawberry pancakes, banana pancakes. I put in all mm. kinds of stuff where the waffles are a little bit tougher because you put blueberries into a waffle maker, it can get bad. Yeah. <laughs> my issue. So is- I like making them into the actual dough or batter. Whereas uh, waffles are post, you 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 put your fruit on it. So I like cooking them in it. So I like I probably like, but I tell you what, you make me waffles. I'm not going to turn them away and say where the hell are my pancakes. No, absolutely. And it was a trick question. The right answer is French toast. Scott, come on, no, I like um, French toast too. <laughs> yeah, I just have a hard time with waffles because like you get the butter consistency is a mess. I can't get it spread evenly. I'm like, I don't want to have a glob of butter in one bite and then none on the other. So I'm definitely All right, more. I'll give you a hint. So Trader Joe's, do y'all do Trader Joe's out West? I'm sure you yes. do. Trader Joe's yeah, yeah. does pumpkin waffles. And I'm not all about the pumpkin stuff, but they do they do a pumpkin batter that you can make into waffles or uh, or pancakes. Whipped cream. Mm. You don't? Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Do the butter because there's like a stick of butter in it. 
Yeah. You don't do the butter and you put whipped cream on it and syrup. And uh, I'm not a huge whipped cream guy anyway, but or pumpkin, but pumpkin waffles with whipped cream. Yes, that's the okay. way you want to go. Okay, Leslie, nope. Uh, Mandango Dan coming in here saying, morning, boys. <laughs> Breakfast is my favorite meal. Talking about that on YouTube. So excited for the season to get underway. Let's ride. Jeremy Sean's in the house, too. Uh, good morning. I got busy and missed the open. That's okay, Jeremy. Um, life happens. You'll be better next time. Uh, it's Peter Middleton coming in saying, hey, to Scott and Nick. Good to see you. Um, Facebook user. I'm going to guess this is Ernie Mays. Um, good morning, Nick and Scott. Not sure who. And Antonio uh, Jones coming in. A little bit more conversation here about the game. Um, I think Seth Williams deserves a roster spot. Seth Williams had a good game. I think he had five targets and, oh God, 65 yards. I I looked up, I tried to look up the box score on ESPN just to have in front of me, and it says box score not available. Thanks, ESPN. Um, how many days has it been now? But, uh, yeah, Seth Williams had a good game. I think Seth Williams, the best thing that happened for Seth Williams, though, unfortunately for the Broncos, wasn't Seth Williams standing out and playing well. It was Brandon Johnson suffering the high ankle sprain that will probably cost him a roster spot this season. Hopefully you can sneak him on the practice squad. Maybe season-ending IR. Um, however, when that happens, then he can't practice, can't develop. But uh, Brandon Johnson going down definitely made a pathway for an X receiver. Um, big one for me, though. Now it's it's a Seth Williams versus Tyree Cleveland uh, conversation because I think Tyree Cleveland's been hurt, and the Broncos could have easily just moved on from him uh, to create. They've done that multiple times when guys have gotten injured, waived, uh, cleared cleared waivers for so and so got injured. They've kept Tyree Cleveland around. That to me makes me think that there's some real conversation about Tyree Cleveland's value as a uh, special teams contributor. So maybe more of a conversation here with uh, Seth Williams versus Tyree Cleveland. Yeah. When, uh, when Dwayne Stukes comes out and says, I want Tyree Cleveland, I got a feeling he's going to get Tyree Cleveland. Um, Seth Williams is an NFL wide receiver. And we yeah. mentioned that last year during his, uh, during Nathaniel Hackett's, one of his press conferences, he was talking about, I think Kennel Hinton was the other one he was talking about. And, uh, and, but I know it was Seth Williams sticking out my mind. He's like, these guys have a chance to play in the NFL or these guys are NFL receivers, not Denver Broncos. But I said, you know, and I, I, I pointed that out, Nick. I was like, that's the one that set off alarm bells for me as I read it and heard it was he's, he's already making that speech. He just, you know, gave that one away a little bit. Um, but Seth Williams is, is a, he's a, he's an NFL receiver. He won't be out of work for long if he, uh, if he doesn't make the 53. And my big thing with Seth Williams, he's made some big plays, but, uh, his drops have been an issue that just every single game he's had some boneheaded drops where it's been right there. And it's, I know those lays out and makes the catches the back of the football falling down on a, yeah. on a streak route. And then, you know, coming across the middle flunk, right through your hands. You're like, Ugh, why do people remember that one? I, I'm going to remember that one. So um, yeah. again, I'm, I'm, I'm biased towards the big body wide receivers. And Seth Williams has that is that big body guy. But you know, if you're not going to be a four, four guy, you need to catch everything that's near you. And he, yeah. he hasn't. Yep. Or be a dynamic special teams contributor. Um, that always helps as well. Uh, Biggie Bronco in the house and good morning, Nick and Scott. Good to see you. Robert Caslow. What's up? Broncos maniacs. Good to see you, Robert. Sunny days in the house too with the, uh, the smiley face, the coffee, the thumbs up and a lot of orange and blue hearts. God bless you. We appreciate you. We got Rob Bucksbaum. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Nick, are you in the MHH fantasy league? I am not. Um, I typically, I used to be way into fantasy football. But that consumed way too much of my time because I am super competitive and I do not like to do anything really half-assed. So I, I'm only in a couple leagues now, and I got to be honest too. I'm only um, in a I, couple leagues, <laughs> but like not not like super hard competitive. There was one year where I was like eight leagues, too much. Um, I also got to be honest. I feel like the more I've covered the Broncos beat side of things and the draft specifically, the worse I've gotten in fantasy football because fantasy football is a fantasy. It's not real real football. Um, so I'm drafting guys based on, you know, the talent and my perception of them coming out in the draft and whatnot, rather than their situations, you know, the wide receivers, quarterback, the running backs, offensive line. I mean, all that stuff matters a lot. So also I like defense more than offense and fantasy football is way more offense oriented. Uh, so no long, long walk to a small glass of water. No, I'm not on the MHH fantasy league. If you are Rob, I'm pulling for you this year. Consider me on the Rob Bucks bomb hype train. Yeah, I uh, I I don't I don't play fantasy. The last time I played, I took over. It was a league I started way back in the day, like in the '90s, where you're doing bo you're doing box scores off the newspaper the next day. 
uh, and fan and, and doing those things. But I, I got invited when I moved back to Georgia, I got invited back in the league. I'm like, sure, I'll do it. And I took over the last place team and won the league. Uh, won a thousand bucks. And I'm like, okay, this is why I quit playing fantasy football because I'm obsessive and mm -hmm. I don't want to be worrying about everything when they play from Thursday to Monday night. I don't care who's playing Monday night football at one o'clock in the morning. I want to go to bed. Yeah. So I, I kind of say, you ever see Nick Saban coach a football game? He ever look happy to you? Well, he makes $8 million. So that's how I feel playing fantasy football. And for a thousand bucks, it ain't worth it. So I, uh, I, I, I etched my name on the trophy and then resigned from fantasy football again. But I enjoy talking these players. So I'm a, I'll be a good, I'll be a good source for y'all throughout the season. Uh, about you know some when you have questions this guy or this guy and uh yep. I, I can help i can help with you i can help that yep glenn hair coming in morning fellas good to see you michael kerr also saying morning mile high huddle morning to you michael kerr good to see you robert caslow saying what about the defensive line name williams talking about deshaun williams scott's been a big deshaun williams guy i'll give you the floor on this one i'm definitely more trepidatious i guess as deshaun williams being a starter on the defensive line and and that's part of it for me it's he's an underdog you know, he was a late round pick. He's undersized. And I thought he was maybe the best defensive player during the preseason for the Broncos last year. But it's also becomes one of those where, oh, I really like this guy. I'm rooting for him. And then someone grabs him and is like, we're going to start. I'm like, mm, I didn't mean that. I, yeah. I didn't mean I liked him that much. Um, so again, as, as Nick says, he may be a better second guy in where he's not quite a starter, but better than a reserve. So when he comes in in the second team, he's really, really effective. Mm -hmm. But if he's in the first team, you lose a little bit of something there because he's not quite good enough to be a starter. So we'll see. I I love – one of the things with Deshaun Williams you're not ever going to have to worry about is is that effort that we talked mm -hmm. about, that, that attitude out there. He's going to go out there and give everything he got every single play. And part of that is because he was an underdog. He was underdrafted. He was undersized. People have been telling him his whole career that he hasn't – good enough well yeah. he, he's he's proven otherwise so you, you like you like that you like the the effort and attitude that he's going to bring to the defense um but like nick i'd probably rather see him be the first guy off the bench in a rotation yeah and it's part of this is his style of play i just wish he had a little bit more protection uh with some size and length uh for not only um draymond jones uh, giving him some more one-on-one -on -one opportunities where he's at his best i mean he's playing interview defensive line at 285 pounds uh he's on the lighter side um but also dj jones i mean this is we're all you know lottie doc excited to see dj jones in his niche and role but let's be real dj jones was really protected on that front seven for the san francisco 49ers they had prior to last season they had deforest buckner top five interior defensive lineman they have eric armstead playing edge talk he's an absolute unit he's bigger than deshaun williams playing the inside for the broncos you had nick bosa out there you had fred warner behind him dj jones very good player but i'm worried that we're putting more on him on his plate in his role than he's ever even had close to uh for the 49ers and what does that look like for the broncos i just the coverage the protection of that whole unit curious to see how it all plays out um they're they're a smaller group for sure um peter middleton saying uh, williams was the undrafted free agent i think he was as well Deshaun was, Williams. Yep. So I, I, I had in my mind, you know, in that area where he was underdrafted. Mm -hmm. Well, not drafted is definitely underdrafted. So thanks, Peter. Yep. Absolutely. We thank you. And uh, we also got Jeremy coming in and saying, I think I'd go Virgil in case Washington gets too valuable as a receiver. Virgil only came in in the third quarter uh, this last week. And uh, do you think if he was really battling for a top roster spot, uh, he would be higher up than that. Um, so I think Virgil is definitely destined for the practice squad. Uh, I've liked a lot. He's made a lot of big plays. Um, I don't remember who somebody in here has been a big Virgil fan saying like Virgil's faster and better than KJ Hamler pump the brakes there. Um, but uh, Virgil, it seems like Broncos country enjoys him more than the Broncos coaching staff, given the opportunities and when the opportunities have arisen for him in preseason so far, but I'm really hoping he makes it on the practice squad. Yeah. Um, Washington's your return guy. That's where he's going to get the most of his touches. And then you'll have him in some gadget plays, some some bubble screens or whatnot, or you see him on a reverse. But he's he's not going to be an every down receiver unless you know, unless there's an injury and that that starts coming up that way. So um I I think you'd feel pretty good about uh about Washington hopefully not being a top tier receiver for your team. You want those yeah. guys to be Sutton. You want them to be Judy. You want them to be Hamler. You want them yeah. to be 
uh, Okwebenam, Dulcich, Javante, Melvin, yeah. as far as uh, op first options in your, in your... Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. The world is always on. But you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's sleeping spree event, save up to 50% on ceiling. With queen mattresses starting at $349.99. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Uh, offense. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, saying hello to some more people here before we get into our main topic here. BX Bronco Jedi. Good morning, fellas. Good morning to you. Chris Jenkins in the house. Morning, Broncos family. Nick and Scott. Good to see you. Uh, we also got, uh, I saw Chris Jenkins saying, my version of fantasy football is playing Madden. <laughs> I I feel like I moved out here and all my Madden time has been replaced with dog walks and uh, hikes. So <laughs> a little healthier. Um, lost a lot of weight with that too. So um, definitely some good time. Maybe maybe I should bring out the old Xbox though for this uh, winter because it gets pretty dreary I here. Bought, and I bought Madden when we, last year, I was like, I haven't been in the NFL in a while. I need to play Madden just to get familiar with the, the new I didn't play a freaking game. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's busy, man. You get busy. Can't come home after school, finish your homework, and play three hours of Madden like I used to. Uh, Michael Kerr come in saying good. See, he was a much. That's why he's a doctor, and I was in sports because uh, I didn't do my homework or go to school. I'd show up for test days and get A's and get zeros on everything else, and stay home and play. Well, I played hockey. I played yeah. some Madden, but I played I played hockey mostly. Modern Warfare Two. That was my game. Uh, Michael Kerr come in saying good to see you. Hinton can do a flea flicker, but whatever. But no returns. Looked lost. Yeah, Hinton did look a little bit lost. He's maybe more of a roster bubble guy than we think. Maybe we'll be talking about him tomorrow morning, um, not making the team. We'll see. Elliot D saying, good morning. Good to see you, Elliot. And I think we're all caught up on everybody, unless there's any super chats. But uh, appreciate everyone. Oh, we got E. Corbin saying, time to jump on that Broncos. Let's go. And I also wanted to say hello. He's had a few comments in here. Lance Johnson uh, didn't say morning to us. Rude. No, just kidding, Lance. Saying uh, Cleveland has more tools in his Swiss Army knife. Talking about the wide receiver position, maybe Cleveland making a roster spot. I mean, just things line up. We've heard Stukes talk about how good of a returner, or excuse me, special teams player, a four-way special teams player. As core, core special teams player was the yep. word, the phrase he used. We, we, I want him to be a core special teams yep. player. And uh, that's the issue with Cleveland, is that he has a lot of tools. He's just not very nuanced as a wide receiver. doesn't have any of that polish. He's just an athlete out there which if, I don't know if you guys remember, this is a different position here, but it was a similar thing with a uh, David Bruton, who was a core special teams player for the Broncos for a long time before he suffered that neck injury. Um, really never could get the safety position locked down uh, because I don't think he had that much wiggle and agility, but as far as, you know, pin your ears back, run down the field and make a tackle uh, height, weight, speed kind of guy. That's what he could do. And that's what you, you get from Cleveland uh, as well. So, um, I think he's definitely got a chance and again, make the point again, he was injured, the throat injury, it would have been easy for the Broncos to wave him injury, uh, reason, and then make another spot on the roster for somebody that far down the, uh, the wide receiver offensive wide receiver pecking order. They didn't that, that says something, uh, to me to keep him around and not even bring in a guy when he's not available and not probably contributing to the offense. I think they really want to keep him. So do you think keeping seven active? is is easy enough because if you do you're probably gonna lose seth williams darius shepherd jalen virgil yep and i think you can keep seven uh, and if oh, you keep six him. then you're making a decision between like a tie tie well kendall hinton is i i agree with you i think he is on the bubble so i think kendall hinton and seth williams there's a debate to be had between yeah, those so two right now 
yeah, so you could have you could keep six if and, and including Brandon Johnson if you lose Kendall Hinton. Brandon Johnson, I think, is cooked uh, with his high ankle sprain. I don't think there's any there's any way to keep him around. He's not that much of a difference maker um, to th- wait, what, six weeks, eight weeks for a high ankle sprain. I mean, that's that could cost him the season. Yeah. So uh, I would consider him off the board, unfortunately, because otherwise he was very, um, very much on the roster for me. Right. So, again, there's your depth is starting to look still good, but not quite where the decisions are starting to make themselves to a certain extent, which happens in football. Again, we, we, we've talked about this earlier, Nick. It's like, is is this, how dangerous is the sport when you're afraid to play it? You know, well, we don't want to play any of these guys because we don't want to get hurt. You mean the game itself is too dangerous to play? Well, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's interesting. Yep. And what also interesting, Andrew Lampy coming in with a new picture there over on, uh, Facebook, it, Andrew, you got to let me know if it's Lampy or Lamp. Uh, is that E silent? Uh, who knows? Um, you probably know. But he says, happy Monday. Hope everyone's had a wonderful day and week. My week is awesome. Like I said earlier to start the show, did about a 30-mile backpacking trip on the north side of the Wonderland Trail. If you're not sure what the Wonderland Trail is, it is a 93-mile trail that goes all the way around uh, Mount Rainier. And uh, I've done two sections of it now, the north side and the east side. Maybe next year I'll do the west side. The, the south side is kind of a, it's in a canyon. It's a little do bit. people do that all at once? Like take yep. a month off and do it? Uh, they do it in about 10 days. Yeah, um, I figure you should be able to, yeah, 10 miles a day. Figure you can average three miles an hour. The for... issue is the elevation gain. I think it's like, I did, I've gained almost 7,000 elevation and I only did about 30 miles. So I think it's like almost 20 something, 30 something yeah. thousand elevation Even gain. Two miles an hour if you hike eight hours a day, 16 miles a day. Yeah, you could pull it off in a week if you were insane. Yeah, just carrying too much weight. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is the issue. Yeah, um, you got to have the supplies with you to pull that off. Yep. Uh, luckily, you can fisherman. you can drop off. No, there's not. There's that's a big issue with Rainier. There's not very many lakes, and a lot of the water sources are um, from glaciers. And there's a bunch of silt. So if you get water from there, you'll clog your filter, and then you'll be really screwed. Um, so can't yeah, can't do that. Um, luckily, you can drop off food at one of the like every single corner of the park has a ranger station where you can drop off like the next supply of food. If you have good logistics, so I don't have to carry 50 pounds of food with you. Thank Um, you, Andrew Lampy. Lampy. Boom. Great to see you. Nelson coming in here saying love from Virginia tech. Go hoax. Hokies. Uh, Beamer ball, man. I used to love enjoying watching some Beamer ball. Uh, Left, left is 8 a.m. Chem lab. Good for you, man. In the sciences. Love that. Loving the Broncos now. Loving you. And uh, Peter saying, could the Broncos keep eight wide receivers? I think that's extremely doubtful. uh, Given how niche roles the tight end position seems to be. And uh, I just can't imagine them keeping eight. But I, I, I don't see any reason to, you know, do yeah. I need to keep all of these guys, Tyree Cleveland, Kendall Hilton, Hinton, Seth Williams, Darius Shepard, Brandon Johnson's Jalen Virgil. Do I need to keep all of them to keep one? That, that's 10. So I don't only cut two of those guys, you know, Kendall Hinton, you know, for wh- whatever you think of him, does he, does he need a roster spot? Yeah. And if we, if Tim Patrick had been healthy, maybe we're having more of a conversation here, but uh, alas, I don't think it's happening. we also got Mandingo Dan. I got to get into a little bit of nuance here on this one saying with as many receivers as we have had go down, I'd love to see Johnson go on IR so we can bring him back mid season. If someone goes down, if you are doing that, he has to first be on the 53. If you put him on the IR before the 53 man roster, uh, it's season ending IR he's done. So you are, cutting you're losing someone else in order to have the chance to bring Brandon Johnson back. If you are putting him on IR where he can return. And I I love the fact that you, you, we have an emotional connection to these guys. You know, I've Mm -hmm. said a zillion times, you end up rooting for the names on the back of the jerseys as much as the front of the jerseys, but Mm six, seven, eight, nine, 10 receivers in the NFL are a dime a dozen. Mm -hmm. There's nothing overly special about these guys where we wouldn't be talking about them being cut, frankly. Yep, absolutely. Well, talking about a little bit special here, um, KJ Hamler made his return on football this uh, in football this week against the Minnesota Vikings. And man, uh, I got back late last night. I watched the first half of the Broncos game. Uh, then my eyes were screaming at me. So I went to bed and woke up early this morning, still screaming. My eyes are still tired. Um, and uh, watched the rest of the game. Uh, KJ Hamler, I thought, though, really stood out I, on the offense. I probably missed some parts of the offense because I was so laser focused on KJ Hamler, because as I mentioned in our show last Thursday, 
I think he's the X factor on this Broncos team this season because you need explosive plays. Russell Wilson's hunting for explosive pass plays down the field. And uh, the KJ Hamler speed makes it that if you're playing single high coverage against this Broncos defense, he is going to run to space on the slot fades and make things hard. So KJ Hamler looked really good. I thought Rippon on a few plays missed him. The interception was vastly underthrown. KJ Hamler, that should have been a touchdown. Um, so uh, KJ Hamler, Returns look good. He did not look hobbled at all. He looked fast. I know it was against the Vikings backup defense, but speed is speed. Um, those Some of those guys out there are still fast uh, on those opposing defenses, more like the you know, processing and size and stuff. He was looked like a different kind of guy out there, different caliber athlete. So uh, extremely happy about KJ Hamler's return. Also heard that Hackett, uh, sorry, Scott, I know I'm rambling here. I also heard that Hackett um, had to go to Hamler to like pull him out. Hamler still wanted to keep going. So really excited to hear see that. Man, if, if Hamler's healthy this season, you guys are going to absolutely love him because the Broncos have not had a dynamic speed, just explosive guy like that in a long time. I mean, he's he's since Hamler. twitchy. Yeah, I mean, God, yeah, since Hamler. Um, and, and I liked, he looked comfortable. You know, mm-hmm. going through this, there's a mental aspect of recovering from an injury like that, that he had a, for better or for worse, he had a leg up on, no pun intended, just because he's been through this before. There's a mental yeah. block that I have to learn how to trust this knee. And you can see which one it was. He is wearing a, a fairly thick uh, knee brace on. Um, but he was tough enough. Didn't he Didn't he have a personal foul go against him too? Someone hit him late or hit him high. Wasn't that him? That I someone got a fit. So. The linebacker came in and got him got him high, and it was a 15-yard penalty. So he was, he was good. He was really good. I think the early returns you've got to be very pleased about. Yeah. No, it was a, uh, it was a great time. And he... Uh... I'm really excited to see him and he just moves differently. And the fact that he was out there looking comfortable is like last year we were watching early season, like Cortland Sutton, he had a little bit of a gimp to him, almost like a little bit of a hitch uh, in some of his steps coming off that knee did not see that in hammer. And I know he's wearing a brace as well as a uh, um, gosh, who was somebody pointed out in one of our recent shows that he is going to be wearing a brace this season, mm-hmm. at least early yeah, on. You could see it. I mean, you could, I was like, I yep. went to look for it then. Cause it was completely covered with his pants. I was like, yeah, yeah, there it is. That that was, that's not like a sleeve. That's a, that's a brace right now. Yeah. Um, so really excited about KJ Hamler. Uh, Scott, I, I, then we got Michaela coming in here first. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. he was hit super hard and jumped up right away. Yeah. Good to yep. see him, you know, get that, uh, shake that off there. It's a little different when you get actually hit versus the practice reps. So, uh, excited yeah, cause to see I'm that. pretty sure that was flagged. So he yeah. had a, he had an unnecessary, unnecessary roughness go against him and then popped right back up. So that was, that probably, you know, probably got his heart going a little bit, you know, had mm-hmm. to calm down, get the butterflies, but that was good for him and, and got two weeks, another two weeks to recover and, and get ready. Yep. And, uh, again, we're, we're hemming and hawing over the back end of these receivers, but you really don't want to see too much of them. Again, yeah. every there's a lot of teams that feel this way about the receiver depth. You know, yeah. six-foot guys that run four fours, there's a million of them. Yeah. Um, so you can probably, st- if you really like a couple of these guys, you can probably stash them on the practice squad. But if you also see a big defensive lineman become available, you know, yeah. you don't have to keep all these receivers because I can I can move guys in and out and off of my roster a lot easier at wide receiver because there's so many of them. Yeah, totally. And before we get off this KJ Hamler conversation, what are your expectations for him this year? And is there any chance that he could emerge as the number one receiver, the number two receiver, or is he squarely the number three? Because I think there's I, given Russell Wilson's style of play, and right now I am I need to see it with Judy to believe it. It's just some of the mm-hmm. off not off the field, but you know the above the neck kind of stuff with him sometimes is like, you know, do you get it? Um, so I think hammer gets it more. Um, so I think there's a chance that hammer ends up maybe not volume wise better than Judy, but like touchdowns, explosiveness impact uh, better than Judy this season, but we'll see for broken plays and broken coverages. You don't necessarily need to have that speed. So um, I don't know that Russ is dropping back and in a seven step drop and hitting the long ball, you know, that's his game or is yeah. it, you know, the play is broken down and he's looking deep first. You know, I'm, I'm a greedy passer. And as I roll out, break contain, I'm looking deep first. I don't necessarily need speed to do that because the safeties start looking in, they start creeping in and you can get behind them a little bit. Um, that I, I still think it's Sutton. And then I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I want to see it too, but I can say that about KJ Hamler also. Yeah. Judy's going to have a year. Um, it I was nice so. to see here they asked Justin Simmons on the sidelines that other than number three, who's a player to watch this year. Justin Simmons 
who is a leader. If he's not the leader, he's a leader on this team, certainly a leader on, on defense. He said Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy is young. He's immature. He's a little bit older. He's 23. He's ready to he's ready to go. This is this is a time. I'm 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 buying low on Jerry Judy this year. Oh, man, I I hope so. Um, I have been uh, I was a big Jerry Judy fan coming out of the draft, and it's like the thing that you say where if somebody doesn't live up to your expectations when you were high on I them, know. you you turn You're harder on them. on them than anybody. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh that's where I'm at. And uh, Jeremy, coming in, good question here. Uh, what do you guys expect with the backup quarterback? Uh, I think it's going to be Johnson. I think it's the safer play here. I think Rippon closed the gap more than I ever thought was possible uh, this season. But I think in the end, they're going to go with Johnson. And I think it's going to be as simple as, um, you know, if it's close, they might go to number three and saying, who do you want? I think number three is closer with Johnson. I think Johnson was brought in partially at number three's recommendation. Um, Russell Wilson, guys, for those at home not understanding number three, who's that? Um, so I think it'll be Johnson. But uh, hats off to Rippon. I hope they can keep him around on the practice squad because uh, he's definitely a good cerebral quarterback and he just has like a calmness to him. It's just, man, he's a little bit more athletic, a little bit bigger, a little bit more arm talent. Um, he'd be somebody that maybe has a chance in this league as a starter, but he's just not enough uh, in those aspects. No. And, and he just, I'm going to kind of reiterate what, what Nick said and give some examples. There was some talk last night on the, the, the mile high huddle podcast about, you know, ripping, not, not looking great. And his accuracy was off a little bit. You know, when his accuracy faltered the most, was when he had to throw the ball downfield. He just doesn't have the arm. Yeah. Uh, if he had to, if 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 he couldn't, he was dumping things underneath. Pretty accurate there, no problem. But anytime he had to put something on the ball, his accuracy faltered. He just doesn't have the arm strength to be an NFL quarterback. Yep. It happens. <laughs> it happens. Um, that's why you know he wasn't a high pick. He's been stashed away. So my backup. The guy I want coming in the game, if uh, if if I need an emergency starter, it would be Josh Johnson. Um, would somebody come in for Brett Rippon if you if you don't keep him on the fifty three and you had to elevate him last year again? My question last year was, what's the plan for for Brett Rippon? Because it's not to play him. That wasn't the plan last year. He's got a better chance this year because the number two spot isn't decided. But I, I just think Josh Johnson's your backup. Yeah. Seems that way. Um, we'll see how it plays out, though. And uh, we got Man um, Mandango Dan saying Simmons said Judy is the guy he expects to blow up this year. Hope so. Um, that'd be great. Some weight there coming from Simmons. But uh, I'm very much a I'll believe it when I see it for somebody who has not uh, come shown it yet at the NFL level. You know, showing it at Bama with, you know, arguably just as good wide receivers around you and Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith with uh, NFL quarterback throwing you the football. Um you have some opportunities there. It's great, um, but we need to see it. And there's just so much more physicality at the NFL game. And that's been an issue uh, for Judy as well. So we'll see. Um, Jeremy's saying, oh, we got a question coming in here from, uh, oh, Jeremy's saying, I like both quarterbacks, but Johnson is very short-term. They're both short-term. They're both one-year My answer, My answer, I was waiting for, for you to take it. And then my answer, Nick, was, and Rippon's not long-term. Yeah. Unless it's a long-term clipboard holder. You know, and, and frankly, that's kind of what they all are. Uh, your backup quarterbacks. You don't want your backup quarterback to have to play. There's so much invested in the first team guy. There's hardly anything put into the second team guy. And for the most part, any of these teams that you consider contenders, if their number one goes down, they are no longer contenders. Yeah. You know, what's plan B? So again, we can we can talk about this, but it in the end, it doesn't really matter. Neither one of them are good enough to be a 17 game playoff starter. Yep. 100%. It's, uh, will be interesting uh, to see how it plays out, uh, for that backup spot. But you hope that we don't see them at all because if they go down for, if number three goes down, uh, as number three says, you're effed. Or excuse me, Tom Moore would say you're effed. And if you don't practice, effed. Uh, David Cremello coming in, 499 Super. Thank you so much, David. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I don't know if you DM'd me this weekend, but I was uh, without service from Thursday to Sunday, pretty much. So apologize. I'm not to, I'm not ghosting you. It says, uh, how big of a downgrade from Brandon Johnson to Seth Williams slash Kendall Hinton? And should the Broncos uh, IR slash designated return Johnson? I don't think for this year it's a big uh, loss. Brandon Johnson was definitely standing out. Um, we're excited to see him, but he's one of those guys that if you were going to be leaning on Brandon Johnson at all this season, it means something went really wrong on top of the guys above him. 
as far as the downgrade, it's probably somewhat of a downgrade, but not enough to really move massive needles. And as far as the IR designated return, we talked about that a little earlier. Uh, if you are going to IR him with designated return, he has to be on the 53 at first. Maybe you're fine doing that because you weren't planning to keep some of these guys anyway, and you wanted to bring in somebody from a, uh, a release or a waiver wire uh, kind of move. So you're, you're going to create a spot anyway. Maybe you do that. Um, but I don't know. I don't think he's probably a big enough player, especially being an undrafted free agent that you are losing players on your own roster uh, to make room for him to return this season. All those guys are under a million dollars. I mean, I know that's not necessarily the the be all end all when you're talking about what do you do with them, but they're all dirt cheap. Again, the, the, the players like this on the back end of the roster, yep. they're not hard to replace. So, you know, do you IRM or do you come and I don't know the rules on this, but if you come to an inner injury settlement, when you waive him, can you resign him at any given time? I don't know. It wouldn't cost that much to pay out his contract this year. He's eight, like $800,000. Mm-hmm. I could, I could pay him off in order to open a spot. And as you get healthy, I could bring him back. Um, yeah. you know, or I could, you know, cause I don't know if he's, if he's injury designation, or can I cut him while he's injured? Is that against the rules too? You know, that I'm not as familiar with every single nuance of, of all of the the player personnel moves on this. Yeah. But again, he's not, he's not, how big of a downgrade is it from Brandon Johnson to Seth Williams and Kendall Hinton? I don't think it's that much of a downgrade. Um, you know, has, has Brandon Johnson proven anything in this league to make you think, Oh yeah, we got to have this guy or move on. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen enough yet uh, to be weighing on him, um, but we'll see. We had uh, somebody want to say hello to coming in here. Brad D coming in saying good morning, all better late than never. Absolutely. Um, also, case on our long-term backup quarterback, Oxymoron. I think Broncos country, they really like to look for patterns and things that, you know, like a warm blanket that make them feel good. <laughs> all fan bases are like this, but specifically the backup quarterback, people hearken it to Gary Kubiak, long-term backup quarterback for John Elway. Oh, we could have another Gary Kubiak, John Elway situation with Russell Wilson and Burt Rippon. Backup quarterback. I'm glad we're discussing that as being the battle rather than the starters and going nowhere fast like we have been for years. Yeah, it but, could happen. You need somebody in camp that's going to do things and run your offense and, and during practices. But again, long term clipboard holder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you know, as, as Jeremy asked here, does Rippin help more in the QB room and on the side that I'm serving? Maybe, maybe. Um, again, it's he's he's not an NFL starting caliber quarterback. If, yep. if that's what you're worried about, does he help the team? Not on the field. <laughs> um, you know, not as a quarterback. Is there other ways to keep him around? Again, we've talked about him entering the coaching. Is he on the Kellen Moore path and how long will it be? You know, is this the, is, is this the year? Okay, we cut you. We want you to come join as an offensive passing assistant or whatever. Does it happen yeah. next year? It's going to happen. Yeah, you... uh you hope um, for him. I mean, he seems like a good guy and whatnot, just, you know, not enough kind of guy as well. And then before we get out of here, Scott, because we're already at 51 minutes, talked a lot of KJ Hamler. I wanted to do that today, um, but uh, we got uh, Malachi coming in. Was Browning playing late in this? Why was Browning playing late in the second quarter? I guess they still want him to get the reps out there, the mental reps, because he's making the position uh, change. And uh, he was out after that, but Browning had a great game. Nick Benito had a great game. Uh, somebody who I feel like has made some sp- – He's a splashy player. This is a guy that we haven't talked about much on here, but uh, DeLaren Turner Yell, I thought had a phenomenal game uh, standing out there. I really want to see at some point this season, he's going to make a special teams hit that is going to be ooh from the crowd. Um, but and, man, he's a fun player. And Malachi, I think it may have just been situational. I was just, um, I'm looking at PFF and I sorted by total snaps and he was 17th of 24 players in total snaps. So it may have just been situational. It could have been something as simple as, Hey, you're in. Oh crap. Where's my helmet? Browning, get in there. You know, you don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't like he was playing, you know, the, the top guys, Malga played 55 snaps. Uh, Delarian Turner, Yell played 52 and Baron Browning only played 22. Mm-hmm. So they didn't, they didn't overcook him for sure. It could have just been situational in the first half. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, uh, that makes sense. Um, we'll see though. Um, we got, uh, John Sandoval saying, I feel like they should cut Ojemudia and what's going on with Chris Fallon. Love your, uh, pod. 20 podcasts a day. I can only watch two or three of them. JK, you guys are <laughs> awesome. Well, as long as you're hanging out with Scott and I, you're going to have a good time. I, but um, as far as cutting Ojemudia, I, th- I don't think that's happening. Um, you don't, I thought Damari Mathis didn't have a great game. Your backup, your depth at cornerback is concerning. Uh, we talked a lot about defensive line to start the show. Uh, cornerback depth is probably my number two uh, for this defense right now, outside of the 
talking about depth, the starters wise, it's more concerned about Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory, given their availability, but I digress. Chris Fallon, he was put on the IR. He's out for the year. We'll see him again mm-hmm. next year. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens. But thank you so much. John. Stay away from football for a year, kid, and get healthy. Yep. You know, he's yep. speaking of injury prone. He's he's battled it. He's he's battled it. Yep, absolutely. Miguel Santa Steven coming in here saying, sup, fellas, great show. Thank you so much, Miguel. We appreciate you rocking the shades there. Good to see you and uh, have a good one. And before we get on out of here, Scott, starting to wrap up. Uh, other takeaways from the game. I thought Browning stood out. Nick Benito, back-to-back sacks to close the game. DeLaren Turner, Yale. Uh, there was somebody on the defensive side of the, or excuse me, the offensive side of the ball, though, that you mentioned to start the show that I didn't notice because I was all eyes on KJ Hamler when I could be. Um, but you, you uh, pretty emphatic about this. I did. And let me see where I'm, I'm interested to see where he graded out because um, he started at right guard before moving to center. And who is this? That was Luke Wattenberg. Yes. Um, and I can't find him on here. Am I making this up completely? So he played 63 snaps. He played as many as anybody. So he pretty much played every snap. But I thought he was really good in the first half at right guard. They had Graham Glasgow at center. Interesting. And they had Wattenberg at right guard. And I thought Wattenberg was really good at guard. It's like he didn't have to think about it anymore. Center position is a cerebral position. I got to make all the checks. I got to see all this. I'd rather have Glasgow there, an old wily veteran. Um, And then over to right guard is a guy who could just be like, all right, see man, hit man. And when he was able to do that, I thought he was getting a very good push off the line. I liked him getting to the second level. I thought him and Glasgow worked better together in that type of form at center and guard with Glasgow at center and Luke Wattenberg at guard than when Wattenberg went over to center. So Wattenberg's got a spot on this team. He's versatile enough. He can play all three positions. And I thought he looked really good uh, on the offensive line. I was, I was very pleased with what I saw. Yeah, no, that's a, uh, that's a good call. Um, I thought he had a good one as well. And I said like, Oh, so Jeremy coming in here saying, I think Turner Yell made the team. Yeah. He's, I think he made the team with some of those hits. You want some guys who can hit like that out there, especially on the defensive line, especially with a uh, cream Jackson, you know, getting so many veteran days. Um, the Larry Turner Yell should be a special teams contributor, which again, everyone drank Nick talks. Talking special teams. Um, Brad D coming in is also saying smash the like button for Nick and Scott solid work. Thanks so much, Brad. Um, I guess the final takeaways here for me on this Broncos game. Uh, I thought that uh, neither quarterback looked great. I uh, really liked what I saw from Benito and Baron Browning. And we talked a lot of regime to start the game. Um, this is one that's kind of, you know, swept, sweep under the rug. We're saving it for the end of the, the conversation here, but uh, Jacob Bobenmeyer, uh, Bobenmeyer, whoever it is, uh, the special teams gaff from the long snapper spot, running the ball into the back of the end zone, you know, causing what would have been a great punt, turning it into a touchback. And then also some errant snaps as well. Broncos have brought in, I think, four long snappers in camp so far to test out. They're not going to keep Bob and Meyer, Bob and Meyer. Don't even probably have to get his name right. Sorry, guys. Sorry, buddy. That's really rude. Um, but uh, probably not long for this roster, given his struggles and everything around that. Yeah, I think you're going to be very pleased with the special teams first unit. You know, you're not running mm-hmm. third string guys out there third string special teams guys out there, you know, the guys that are 75 to 80 on the roster who will not be invited back as a practice squad or claimed um, on other teams running special teams. You'll, you're going to be very pleased because you saw some good things. And mm-hmm. I think what was the the Minnesota punters name, right? Wearing big 66 out there. Uh, yeah. I think he enjoyed punting at mile high. <laughs> he hit some, uh, he had some into the atmosphere out there. So but I think we're going to be very pleased overall with the the upgrade and special teams play this year. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent on that. Um, should be a great year. I'm really excited about that. Uh, Kayleon coming in very late here. Yo fellas, Kayleon, we're just getting out of here, but we appreciate you. Uh, Broncos preseason wrapped up. Uh, we are two weeks from the day for the Broncos heading coming here. I'm going to host them at my place. Actually, not yet. We're still unpacking. It's still a mess. It's been too much uh, fun backpacking and hiking this summer to totally uh, unpack the house, but, uh, Broncos coming to Seattle in two weeks from now. Um, if anybody's be at the game, make sure you hit me up on Twitter, follow me on Twitter at Nick MHH and also follow Scott on Twitter at scout Kennedy. And of course, follow us, our main, uh, the podcast, Twitter account at BFB underscore pod BFB Broncos for breakfast. Easy to remember. And of course the mothership account at mile high huddle. If you guys haven't done so yet, join our Facebook account at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And of course, please subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. Click that bell uh, icon so that way you know when we go live. Scott and I are pretty consistent with our time uh, getting on here. Sometimes a couple minutes late, especially on Mondays because we're still wrapping up the Falcons game and haven't had a chance to really 
catch up yet. Um, but uh, no, absolutely follow us on Twitter. And uh, thank you guys so much for a great show. Scott, what's the rest of your day looking like? Anything on your mind? Yeah, I've got to get some work done and then, you know, practices and stuff. And then uh, just start preparing for tomorrow. It's going to be a busy day with the cuts and then mm-hmm. an even busier night for listening to George Payton talk. It's like that's when the work also begins because you spend the next by 10 a.m. You have to put in a claim on somebody on Wednesday morning if you want to try and, and keep them. So you've got to do in a lot of work and bring in the staff and say, hey, is this a guy we want to claim and come to a consensus decision? Because for every person you just went all through all that work to get to the 53. And if you claim somebody, someone else has got to go. So it's yeah. going to be it's going to be a busy time for sure over the next uh, you know 36 hours or so. Yeah, we appreciate well, now that you, if you if you go into Wednesday morning. So we'll be we'll be here for all of it. That's for sure. Yeah, no, that's for sure. And also wanted to give a shout out to uh, Patrick again for the uh, Lion Coffee Company out there in Hawaii. I took my my backcountry stove uh, has a French press attachment with it. So I brought some Lion Coffee in the backcountry and uh, enjoying it uh, a couple of mornings ago at uh, Mystic oh. Lake with a lenticular cloud forming around or near there. So uh, having a good time and uh, appreciating Patrick for the, uh, the coffee for sure. That was a uh, beautiful morning. Uh, great trip. Uh, gotta love Mount Rainier. It's a lot of fun out oh, here. Pacific great Northwest. shot. Now, it's like, why do you go out there and put all that work? That's why right there. Yep. So for those of you listening, uh, we are at the one hour mark on YouTube. Come and check out the shot. If you can, uh, on mile huddled, it's, it's, it's worth, it's worth a, a quick look. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we appreciate you. Everyone choose kindness and choose compassion. We'll see you tomorrow morning, bright and early until then go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.